0: welcome back to rocky minute the daily podcast that analyzes the movie rocky one minute at a time i am doug greenberg
1: and i'm
2: jason haynes
0: and one final time, joining us from sunny LA is Sully from Sully Baseball. How you doing, hey. Sully?
2: Um, I, I'm talking Rocky. I'm doing well.
0: Awesome, and thank you for joining us all week long. Yeah. I know you're busy, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time out to hook us up.
2: I'm never too busy to talk Rocky.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, today we're knocking out minute 15, which starts with Rocky handing Mr. Gazo Bob's contribution, and ends with Gazo asking Rocky. Why he didn't break poor Bob's thumbs? So we got the uh, the Cadillac drives away uh, in that that last scene from Minute Fourteen, and Rocky gives uh, gives Gazzo Bob's one hundred thirty dollars and uh, speculates that Bob will be good for the rest next week. He's putting an awful lot of confidence in yeah. Bob here.
1: He says kind of like nonchalant, like Gazzo's like, yeah, Bob's good for it. Like he, it's almost like he didn't care, right, about the money. Uh, he, ca- he? I, he
0: We find out he cares more about his reputation than the money. Right. Way.
1: Sure.
2: Yeah. Um, this was, uh, this Gazzo who appears in, I know he's in the second Rocky film. I don't think, is, is he in Rocky 3 or not? I don't I think, think so. by I think by the time, I think by the time Rocky 3 came out, um, Rocky had transformed from the down and out guy in the streets of Philly to a superhero. And they almost, they almost wanted to exercise any sort of link to him and, anything shady he just was he was america he was a good american hero and so i i'm sure if i'm sure there are a ton of people who were introduced to rocky through rocky three mm-hmm. uh when i came out the same year as as et and and poltergeist and and i think of movies year in terms of one the other movies that came out of it and um and I'm sure with the popularity of Eye of the Tiger, and it basically was a superhero film rather than a, a you know, a, a 70s uh, drama. I'm sure a lot of people were introduced to him fighting Mr. T and everything and thinking that all the films were like that. And I bet if you were introduced through Rocky, through Rockies 3 and 4, and went back and watched the original, these scenes would be kind of startling. Like what do you mean Rocky's working with a mobster? I mean that's not who Rocky is. Rocky's a superhero.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, superhero. That's that's exactly what they make him out to be. Okay. The Rocky movies go from like you said drama to action movies. The action movies of the 80s, which that was the the style of movies then in the 80s.
2: And and we got to give we have to give a big um thumbs up to the great, uh, the late great Joe Spinell, who plays uh, Gazzo, yeah. his first role was as Willie in Willie Chichi in uh, um, The Godfather, and he has a much bigger is a much bigger part in Godfather too. Um, although he did have that scene where he stops the uh, what's it called the when you go through the what is it the roundabout the, the revolving door it, during the baptism scene they show all the different. Assassinations, right, and he stops right, yeah. the poor. I think it was Cunio, Don Cunio, or whatever it was in the in the uh, revolving door. And sh- the guy realizes he can't move, and then he shoots. And there's that really scary shot where you see him shooting the gun at the camera. Real sort of great, great, you know, bank train robbery style, right at the camera and the glass breaking. And he has a much bigger part in Godfather Two, but. Him being in the part in the film, just sort of subconsciously bringing you back to the the godfather, adds a sense like, like the appearance of Tally Shire in the film, sort of like, oh, I remember him, even if you don't, even if you don't can't place him, you know, he has that, yeah, he's one of those, he has that look and that feel, and 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 it's sort of this film is godfather approved, you know, and and with that in mind. You know, with the sort of the romanticism of what the mafia is from The Godfather—that's you, the guys in the great suit who are basically overseeing empires of this and that. This is probably what a Bob Boss is really like. He's in the Cadillac. He's dealing with sort of nickel. Whether or not they're going to get seventy extra bucks from a schmuck like Bob. And, you know, that this is, it's probably not as glamorous and as romantic as The Godfather. It's probably like this. And, and it's this simple. It's like, all right, these guys are here. You want my protection. You got to, you want to dance. You got to pay the band. And I hire this, (laughs) I hire this local boxer to sort of intimidate people. And, uh, and you know, he puts his glasses on while he's doing the, the accounting. The glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the,
0: well, when he's writing down the uh, yeah. the next collection. Right. Uh, but Rocky's cut of this is of is only twenty bucks. So what's that? Sixty bucks he made in two days? Isn't Forty a... on the fight? Yeah, twenty dollars today. For yeah, I guess.
1: You know, I was just reading something here. I was looking up Joe Spinell. Yeah. And uh, his he was actually born Joseph Spagnolo. And he's the cousin of the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants, Steve Spagnuolo. No kidding. <laughs> who knew?
2: <laughs> yeah, wow. This is weird. Uh, that's, that's quite... That's, yeah,
1: uh, that's... who would have thought,
2: right? Back to... Uh, back no, to
0: that defensive. that was the shocking... It uh... <laughs>
2: just caught
1: my eye. I, was like, this, I saw it, I was like, this can't be... The yeah, oh my God, it is. Man, what did what you can find from Wikipedia nowadays? I don't know. It <laughs> must be true. So go ahead,
2: back must be true. It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> they right. right. right.
0: would never put anything fake on there.
2: Again, again, <laughs> another great location. When they when they pull the car over, I mean, I, I don't want I don't want to get too far ahead here. But when they pull the car over, they find, you know, it, it's not. There's so much care put into where they shoot each scene. It's not like oh this this street corner was available. Let's just shoot here. That you let's find a place that where we are helps tell the story. And so, look at the. I mean, after they do the scene, and go, where, you get the, the license plate of the car that ran over your face. Yeah, you know, that guy. What a douchebag he is! I mean, <laughs> you know, he's got that, and and he's got that the, the Fu Manchu mustache. He's got that awful hat. He's got that horrible tie. I mean, if you see that tie, yeah, the, yeah. the tie, the gold tie with the sort of the striped shirt, it does not go. I am not a fashion plate. But everything is wrong with this guy. This guy got dressed in the dark, and he's got that stupid hat on, this horrible getup, and he's he's crapping on Rocky. Come on!
0: But he he uh he delivers that that joke with such with such venom, anger behind it. Right. Venom. You could
1: tell immediately that these two don't like each other. Do not like. As soon each as he other. says, "Did you get the lights by the truck?" Rocky Rocky rips off the glasses. You know, yeah. and he just right away like like the look we're looking at his face right now. Like he's he's angry automatically. You can tell they have there's some tension between these two. And think about it, we've had two um, we've
2: had two the, jokes told. One was told to win the heart of a forgotten girl, and the other was to humiliate the hero of the film. I mean, so they're just. And they're and both jokes stink. <laughs> one is endearing, and one makes you say, "What an asshole!"
0: My my note is that Rocky gets a lesson in how to deliver a joke.
1: Uh, but you, you you think like you know these these guys work for the same guy. You think they would be getting along, but you could tell they're just they, there's some tension there. They do not like this. Role. Well, he
2: has a better job. He gets to drive. He has a tie. He is he is you know he's is, he's is in a he's clearly higher on the pecking order. Than Rocky, right?
0: Rocky's a collector. He's he's. But I don't know because
1: we're gonna find out in a second that you know Gaza wants to talk to Rocky, obviously about him not breaking the thumbs. We can assume, but he doesn't do it in front of the bodyguard. He he.
2: he I I think, I think it's. I, I'm sorry. No, I, didn't I didn't mean to cut right. you off, man. I didn't mean to oh, cut you off. Right. I think it's because he likes Rocky, right? I think he pers- I think he personally likes Rocky. I think that he has, and that he knows that one of the reasons why he likes Rocky is that he thinks Rocky's a good guy. He's a nice guy from the neighborhood who just happens to be able to have the physical capability of beating the shit out of people. And if this is almost to remind him, I'm not going to humiliate you in front of the douche in there. But I'm going to take a moment aside to remind you that you work for me not because you're a nice guy. You work for me because... You can break people's thumbs, and let's not forget the pecking order. This is a this is a chewing out he gets, but he has enough. He has enough. He likes Rocky to the point where he knows that he chews him out in front of the driver. It's an unnecessary humiliation.
1: And, and maybe that's part of the tension. Is maybe you know the driver has the better job; he drives him around, but maybe Gazo likes Rocky better, and the driver has some animosity towards that.
0: Yeah, like, the driver knows that.
1: Right. So maybe that's part of the part of the problem here. But they definitely yeah. don't like each other.
0: All right, so here's the line for those of people that don't know. He asks Rocky, "Did you get the license plate?" Rocky says, "Of what? Of the truck that run over your face."
2: <laughs> that was a good delivery, too.
0: The, it's uh, a well-crafted joke. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's not easy invent jokes. One of the follow-ups to uh, Rocky for Stallone when he thought he was when he thought his career was going on the De Niro trajectory and not the. Well, the Stallone, he created a brand new kind of movie star, but his next the next film he did was uh the next year called Paradise Alley, which was a period piece uh about um, you know, guys involved in, in mob stuff and 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 con artists and everything. And it was kind of a, a dark 70s film, which I'm sure he thought he was going to make instead of playing Rocky until he was an octogenarian. Um, and he was, it was, Armand Arsante was in the film and Joe Spinell is in the film, uh, playing a character called Burp. <laughs> uh, I have, I've never seen, I, who knows, maybe it's a wonderful movie. I've never seen Paradise Alley. Sally, but, uh, Joe Spinell, he, he's in another Stallone film along with Tom Waits is in, and, and, Ann Archer. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it was written and directed by Stallone. Uh, and that and Fist were both films that he thought he was going to build upon, and then the, the public said, "No, make Rocky too." Would you please? Would you, you please just... Yeah, yeah. We collectively thank him. Yeah, for that. and by the way, he's also Joe Spinell is also in Nighthawks, another Stallone film. Ooh, wow, they were together he a few times. With, yeah, with Rutger Hauer and Billy D. Williams. So, yeah, maybe maybe it's one of those situations that. Like, he knew, you know, we get along and, and that works fine, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe it's more of a, just a case of Gazzo Lake and Rocky. It, you know, maybe they had a, had a friendship outside the uh, studio.
2: There's there's a detail, and you may be getting to this. It's not in this minute. I'm sure you're getting into it when it comes up, so I'm probably stepping on someone else's minute. But there's a detail that when he's having that scene where he chews out Rocky that he busts out the the inhaler
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah uh do you remember that yeah and that's he he really that's that that's not in the script no he really needs the inhaler and avilson decided that was a nice thing to do for his character that it added an element of kind of humanity to him but also like yeah he you know people who use inhalers you know, this is, this could be, this guy might need to have a damn inhaler. Yeah, <laughs> and show, show the
0: human side of, of a, an otherwise, you know, surly guy.
2: And that, and, and today, if he busts out an inhaler, oh, some oh, you are, if you're having a bronchial experience or like that, that leads to a plot point. Yeah, no, yeah. He just has an inhaler.
0: No, he's, he's, he's just has an inhaler. having a real asthma attack right there. But it's, it's little nuggets like that. You talked about um, earlier in the week about the unscripted stuff that they kept in. It works. Yeah. It all works. Del Rio, how do you spell Del Rio? <laughs> 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 he's wearing those those clear frame uh, glasses. That are, is it taped together on the side. Um, There's something uh, on this side. Yeah, it looks yeah. like on the on his on his right lens is the he's arm is taped lens. on.
1: Something's taped up there. Broken glasses.
0: Yeah, but he, he he busts out a little notepad. You know, he's nearsighted or farsighted. If he needs that to write, he's probably farsighted, right?
2: Or he's just had his eye punched a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be part of it. Okay, he's
0: been punched blind. Fair enough.
2: I'm not an optometrist, <laughs> but, you know, that's optometrist. Sorry, I'm not an optometrist, but, uh, you know, maybe getting punched in the face affects your eyesight. I don't know.
0: That's a little, uh, it's odd to see, see him throw on a pair of glasses. So is he carrying those glasses in his jacket?
1: I guess,
0: yeah. What if they got broken when he was breaking Bob's thumbs? Sure. I guess we'll never find out. So you mentioned the the street that they pull over. It's yeah. uh, East Gurney Street in Philly, which is geographically it's right around the corner from East Tusculum Street, where where Rocky's apartment is. I'm not sure if it's meant that way for the movie, but you got that uh, that green train bridge in the background when when Gazzo's talking to Rocky. You got that cobblestone busted up like red cobblestone street.
2: Yeah. And you have the building that's falling apart. You have a building that's basically abandoned and, like, holes in it. I mean, it just looks like, you know, now this is a street that we've just forgotten about. This is just, this is falling apart, and there's nothing here. The buildings are falling apart. And, you know, they get out, and he sort of adjusts his coat, you know, he, but it's, it's and and they walk over to the trains, and the trains are kind of, everything looks dirty. This is more... A little bit of setting up, this is what Philadelphia is at this point. These neighborhoods are falling apart, there's graffiti, there's trains, and it's just, it's it says a lot about the character of Philadelphia in this movie without hitting you over the head with it.
1: You notice that as they're walking, there's two little kids that are running along the train tracks playing. I guess that was a thing in Philadelphia in the 70s, you play on the tracks, and the train tracks. They're Sounds very hard dangerous. to notice, they go running by...
0: Yeah, I didn't know it until you just pointed it out
2: right I now. I just saw
1: it for the first time right there, and I watched this minute at least thirty times. Right. Well, we
2: learned... You know, we, you know, what's the other thing about? I'm it? sorry. Come, uh, go, 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 go. I keep interrupting. Sorry. I
1: was gonna say, you know, we we noticed the um, how we talked about like he doesn't want to talk, have this conversation in front of the driver. But look how far away from the car they walk. Like they could have had this conversation anywhere along. This, yeah, this that, that is a long. They walk. go pretty far, so you, it's clear that he really doesn't want uh, his driver
2: to hear this conversation. We learn in Rocky Two that there's a whole population of kids who all they do is run around the city. Uh, they, don't have, they don't have parents. They have no supervision. They just they just run down the street halfway across town and chase Rocky up the steps. You know, so we see that this is clearly maybe those two kids we see run along the tracks. Eventually, are, hey, we'll run with Rocky because that's all we're doing all day is run around Philadelphia. <laughs> He
1: was looking for
0: somebody to chase
1: down through, through yeah.
2: Philadelphia.
0: There's kids. a uh, when I was looking for the name of that the B Street Bridge, um, an article popped up that asked how far did Rocky run in Rocky Two? Like
1: five point and it's
0: miles? I, I think it's even longer than that. I I didn't get into it because obviously we're not on Rocky Two, so well, I don't, I don't care that. right now.
1: I think it was five point nine miles, five point something miles. So
0: so those kids ran. Dude, this is a lot <laughs>
1: bullshit. <of action>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the kids ran with him for six miles. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh East where are we? Gurney Street. Um looks just like it did in the movie, still looks like that today. Except that iron fence is like a chain link fence. Cobblestone now. Street is still in cobblestone it street still is still there. Busted
1: up in nineteen seventy six.
0: Yeah, still there.
1: Wow. Wonder what those kids are up to nowadays.
0: Uh, still running. So Gazo uh, starts getting into it, asking Rocky why he didn't break the guy's thumbs. That's where the scene ends. Ugh. And sadly, our week with Sully. Yeah, we'll
2: never find out. <laughs> uh,
0: we'll never find out.
2: <laughs> movie over. <laughs> yeah, strange, strange end to this movie. Just it ends with this sort of abrupt. I thought there was boxing in it.
1: <laughs> there
0: was in the I'm in, in the first five minutes.
1: It's over quick.
0: oh man so why don't you tell us sully one last time where where we can find you and what you're working
2: on uh i'm i'm doing a bunch of stuff right now the the podcast getting ready for the postseason uh i do my daily baseball card i'm going to be doing a lot of new episodes of the podcast and 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 we're on we do at least one new one every week all year round christmas new year's we're doing we do a show all the time uh, but the, basically, uh, if you're a baseball fan, uh, follow me on Twitter at Sully Baseball, and I post everything I do there.
0: Excellent. Actually, I can't thank you enough for joining us this week. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We like to.
2: Before we go,
1: though, speaking of baseball, uh, I know you had said you were from the New England area, but I, I, Aaron yeah. Judge just hit the longest home run in the history of City Field just now.
0: Oh, did he really? So, are the Yankees winning?
1: I don't know. I just well, my friend just texted me. He hit the, just hit the longest <laughs> one in Citi Field history. Maybe we can cover that tomorrow on the. Uh... <laughs> well,
2: uh, actually, I had uh, I had Jason Keidel of W uh, writer for WFAN on the show uh, earlier this week, and we talked about uh, you know I I'm I'm a Red Sox fan, but I am objective enough to know that when something is good happening with the Yankees, that you know I'll praise it. Mm-hmm. You know the fact that I've seen them win a few World Series, uh, the Red Sox have won a few World Series, has made me a little more objective than I had in the past. Uh, I, I I appeared in a couple of HBO documentaries about the Red Sox. One was called "The Curse of the Bambino," the other was called "Reverse the Curse of the Bambino," and I was uh, I was a little less uh, giving uh, in my uh, uh, affection for. Any, anything Yankee in those documentaries, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, judges you know, judges is uh, uh, these are two straight days he's homeward now. I mean, he got off, He was in a big slump after the uh, yeah, the does. the all But but as I was saying there, you know, he got off to such an amazing first half. That it's like, yeah, he's probably going to come to earth a little bit because he's probably not going to win the Triple Crown as a rookie. Yeah. You know, so it's like. I don't think anybody is delusional. Yeah, I think that he's going to have a wonderful season instead of a, oh my God, historic, better than anything Joe DiMaggio ever did season. (laughs) You know, it's like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, There's a gray area between this is one of the most remarkable seasons in baseball history, and you're a bum. There's a big None gray area, and some of it could be he's having an exceptional rookie of the year season. And, you know, it, it's. I think people were panicking because, oh, my God, he had a bad three weeks. Well, yeah, he had, a, he had an extraordinary – and he carried the team for the first half of the season. So, yeah. you never yeah. could, everyone – He's a he's a good player. He's going to wind up having a very good year, and uh, he's going to win the Rookie of the Year. And i i think the i think the Yankees are going to make the postseason. I think the Red Sox are going to make the postseason, and that hasn't happened since 2009 that they're both in it. And, and, and nobody's left, no one's left from 03 and 04, so it's like a completely new cast. You know, it's a new, it's a new, uh, it's, a, it, it's a real uh, Jean-Luc Picard next generation going on here. And uh, Yeah, the, uh, the rivalry
0: has, has simmered down as of late, so it would be nice to kick it back
2: up again. Pick, kick it back up with people from their own farm system. You know, it's like these guys are Yankees and the guys on the Red Sox, like the Benettendi and the Betts and the Bradleys and the, you know, all these guys, Bogarts, all of them start with B uh, for some reason. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, they're all from their farm system. These guys from the Yankees. So it's like it's not like they were, you know— going through other teams bargain bit and, you know like oh we'll take like the Red Sox and Yankees used to treat the rest of baseball the way that Rodney treated the pro shop and Caddyshack, like, I'll take that player, I'll take a Gary Sheffield, <laughs> I'll take a Kurt Shelling, <laughs> I'll take this and, and, and oh it looks good on you though. You know, it's like no one like I, you know, no wonder the rest of baseball hated the two franchises because, yeah, like, oh, what a surprise! They're choosing between the Red Sox and Yankees. You know, I get it. I know. It. I understand it. I, you know, I've lived in California now, and 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 I, I, seen a lot of people hate hate on my team. Um, people don't hate on teams that are that are uh, good or that are bad. They hate on teams that are good. I just wanted to say one thing, just yeah, so okay. the audience doesn't completely hate me. um I don't give two shits about the Patriots.
0: I don't give two
2: shits about the Patriots. I would trade every single Patriot, not just Super Bowl, but postseason victory. For J.D. Drew to get a double in Game 7 of the 2008 <laughs> American League Championship Series. All of them. Uh, so the, wow. the Tuck game, the the, the the big comeback last year against Atlanta, the the interception of the goal line against Seattle. The, mm-hmm. the, trade them all in for J.D. Drew to get a double right there. Couldn't care less. But in well, a way, it's great because I get all the positive things about the Patriots. You know, like, Oh, your team mm-hmm. won. And when they lose, I said, I don't care. I, I, when they played the Giants in the Super Bowl, I rooted for the Giants. Wow,
0: wow! You're you're upsetting a lot of oh my god Boston wow. fans right now.
2: Oh come on! I've been on HBO <laughs> talking about the Red Sox for God's sakes.
0: Okay, uh, you're
2: forgetting. I, I was at the bloody sock game as a Red Sox fan. You know, I, mean, oh, wow. I, I, really? I have I have my. I just I'm not a football fan. I don't I don't I can't follow a sport that's only on once a week. I just can't do it. It's it's like. You know, I can't put all my eggs into that kind of basket. So
0: a lot of people say the same about baseball because it's too long and boring or whatever.
2: Well, you know, it's for smart people. It's a smart. It's when it's you know, and, and you know, if you're like, I only can watch one game week, only one game week. Okay, then fine. Then watch football. It's like if you actually want to put some emotion and attention and, and pay attention to something kind of interesting, then watch baseball. If you uh, if you want to, you know, write your name with a stick and eat your boogers, then just uh, enjoy a good football game that. <laughs>
0: on that note <laughs> for, the, for those of you that are still with us uh, why don't you come follow us on our Facebook group Mighty Mix you can find us on Twitter at Rocky Minute and check in on DuelingGenre.com where you can find all the projects that those guys are working so hard to produce uh, again Sully thank you so much for coming on uh, with it's us. Blast. it was a pleasure let me know when you're doing I'm Rocky 2 right. I'll be there you bet you'll be the first call we make All right, man, so if you want to find out how much trouble Rocky is in, you're going to have to come back next week on the next Rocky Minute.